When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle call! Middle call! Heavy! Heavy! Another day. Another day of ham getting abuse on the internet. But we were built for this, John. We can take it. Unfazed. Another, another day, another penny. If we have a penny. I, I, mean, I saw Chris Paul makes 83000 a game, and we're not making 83000 a game, but we're not making a penny either. No, we'll make a couple nickels, a couple shekels. Just rubbing them together. Uh, appreciate everybody being here and supporting. We love you all. We love yeah. the people. Yeah. Hey, uh, we got another mailbag coming up. We emptied our, uh, our our mailbag tank the other day, so get some more mailbag questions in. You go to Apple Podcasts. You leave us a review. Five stars. We appreciate it. And uh, in that review, you ask us a question. Any question can be something really specific, draft, something hypothetical, whatever you want. Uh, we appreciate that. Go do that. You, you want to break down the uh, sophomore from Arizona that just committed to Air, uh, Ohio State? I saw yesterday. I was like, God, can you imagine? It's one thing in the in basketball and football. There's junior, senior year. We got a lot of time left. I mean, I don't know if I'd feel that great about committing at, at a school like Ohio State to a guy that's a sophomore, but Ohio State, and he made some video, and I was like, God, I feel like an old man watching this. But, yeah, I don't really know what that had anything to do with anything. But uh, No, you know what? You're actually going to leave me something I meant to bring up to you yesterday, but I forgot to, not on the show, but off, but we're on, so I'll bring it up to you right now. Uh, you see that kid? Did you see that? I did I not just, see that kid. I just follow I, a bunch of, like, 24-7 guys on Twitter, so, like, it was a big deal. Like, oh, my God, so-and-so committed to Ohio State. He is 15 years old. I'm like, to basketball? No, he's a quarterback. I'm like, <laughs> Uh, who knows how this thing's going to end up? I got a guy for you. Maybe we should even, do you know the potential number one quarterback in the country is just right down the road from us under the radar? What high school? Pittsburgh CA. Yeah. We're, we're in, we're, uh, Najee Harris from Pittsburgh high Jaden Rashada. I was talking to some, uh, I was DMing with a, uh, major scouting college scouting guy yesterday who said there are some people who've got Malachi Nelson, who's the kid who's supposed to go to SC with Lincoln. And there's Arch Manning in the 2023 class. And there's a third guy who's in the 2023 class. And this guy's like, I know everybody puts those three at the top, but Jaden Rashada, everyone's finally coming around on this kid. Like Where's six, he committed to? He's not committed anywhere yet. Now this guy gave me his prediction of the two schools that'll come down to, which I'm not, I'm not going to, I can't share right here. I'll tell you. He said, keep this between us and don't tell Middlecoff, but I'll tell you. Um, But uh, he's got a lot. player in the state. 
Yeah. I mean, this guy thinks he's a top, he, he will, he will end up being a top 15 overall player in the country. And I actually watched some videos of him. I just seems like a, you know, it just, I don't know. Maybe we'll get out a picture of him. He looks like he's 26. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't he look old. The Ohio state guy looked really young. This guy looks older. Really? Bulldogs yeah. offered him. Bulldog, Oregon's offered. Miami's offered. LSU's offered. Cal's offered. Ole Miss is offered. Yeah, so he's got this kid's got a, a prediction. Chance. I heard was he's not going to any of those schools, but that was just a prediction. You think he's big, big time? I, 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 I'm just a guy reading the internet, but the guy that knows knows and seen him in person, all that stuff says big, 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 like as high as you can. It's he'll have he can go wherever he wants. Don't sleep on Highway Four, guy. Antioch, Pittsburgh. There you go. Some players. There you go. So Jaden Rashada, you're officially uh, the ham pot is officially. On on you in in got yeah, a good arm. He's tall, six foot. Yeah, no, yeah. There's some. I watched some good videos of him. Anyone run pro style offenses, or are we just spreading out, flinging around? I guess a pro style quarterback can run a spread offense, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Carl, appreciate you, Carl. I am one one hundred wearing that promo code ham hat this summer. What are your real? What does that mean? I'm one one hundred. I, speaking to me, I feel like an 80 year old. I don't oh, know. I know what he means. I, we only, it was a limited edition run of those hats that we sold. Oh, so he's, he's one hats. of the few, one of the few. Yeah. I got, <laughs> I'm one. I actually got two. So yeah, I got two as well. You uh, actually won a 96. Yeah. What are your realistic actually? And then we, you gave one, I uh, Jeff middle call. Je, little Jeff bought it. You or you bought it for him. So I think he bought it. Somebody bought it. Yeah. Uh, what do, What are your realistic realistic expectations for Trey this year? Well, you see how fast Kittle pivoted from his old friend Jimmy, who's just at the Warriors game. Honest question. Before, obviously, we're going to talk more about just him as the player and different stuff going on. Do you think that's a conscious effort from just George as a human? Like, hey, it's my new quarterback. I got to pivot. Is that something? Hey, George, we're paying you a lot of money. We got you the Zenny deal, which people don't realize that's probably an extra five million dollars a year salary cap. We get ding. You're one of the team captains. You're one of the team leaders. That's kind of coming from John and Kyle, like kind of take him around, be around this guy. Because I'm not saying George isn't a good guy, wouldn't hang out, but he went from being, I don't know, Jimmy's right-hand guy, always taking bullets for Jimmy, everywhere with Jimmy, to now just going to Warriors game on Trey's birthday. That's not that's not random, is it? So other people who did the deep dive might know this. Were the other two guys Sudfeld and Dwelly? Oh, and Dwelly. It was Sudfeld and Dwelly. Hard Dwelly doesn't really stand out like a tight end. He, I would have assumed he was like another quarterback. I thought it was Bryce uh, Petty. Yeah, Bryce Petty. Yeah, he uh, Bryce uh, Brock Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. Sorry, Bryce Petty's the other guy. Baylor quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was Trey's birthday. Did you see they gave him a little plate with some stuff on it? Little stuff. Uh, my question would be like, did Kittle? He he took a picture. Thank the Warriors and Chase yeah. Center. So I think yeah. the Warriors, I would imagine Kyle John, Kyle Sun sitting in the same seats. Like they want those guys there. Would yeah. you guess that? Is that a little deal? Maybe. I think George tagged whoever hooked him up with the tickets in the thing. Well, it was, at, it was Chase Center. Oh, it was Chase Center? I thought like, at was- JP Morgan Chase, at Warriors, at Chase <laughs> Bank. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, no, I don't think it's accidental. Would you imagine that John and Kyle sat him, like, went to him specifically? Same seats. No, um, but just said like I don't just, know. I, 
I think it's kind of George's. It feels like it's kind of George's thing. It's almost you don't have to tell George to be a team leader. Like he almost very collegiate. It's a little collegiate, right? Yeah. Brad says nothing is everything, but everything is something intentional. Yeah. Pretty good seats. Very good seats, right behind the basket. Yeah, I think if you're the Warriors, you want them there, right? You would like nine or people at all your home games in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think Ayuk was there the previous game. I, I would imagine maybe the Niners pay for him through the Warriors, but wouldn't you want it vice versa? There's an exchange. Like, maybe get some Warrior guys to a Niner game, right? Which sense. they've had him there. Yeah, Businesses do trade. E40 always has the same seats, but he just might be a season ticket holder. <laughs> I think basketball, it's pretty wild that you can just be sitting there, and on one side it's Andre Iguodala, and on the other side it's like – just another fan, right? It's just, there's a fan and then there's the bench and there's not even any real separation. I remember watching a few weeks ago. I know, I mean, you, we all noticed that you watch basketball. It's Andre Godal in a suit and then some, like a woman and her husband, like just two people just right there. Bing, bang. Just I like it. I, I always enjoy when it's a little kid and by like the second quarter, he's dapping up when the guys are coming down. Yeah. It's like Giannis or Steph, like gives them the guy a fist pound and then they sit back down. Yeah. Yep. I can't even imagine as someone who, you know, the best seats I ever had were, you know, probably upper, lower bowl at like Arco Arena in like 96. It really wasn't that expensive. That feeling of being like a 10 year old in that environment. I mean, I would have I would have never stopped talking about it for the rest of my life. I know to my friends. I know you would have been yelling at Chris Paul, probably, though. And well, yeah, I would have got tossed. <laughs> uh, that Niner guy says, has there ever been a 22 year old QB that gets crapped on as much as Trey Lance has? Let us all thank John and Kyle for not committing. It is May, and the national media is making a lot of noise. Yes, I would say 22-year-old Jamarcus Russell probably got crapped on more when he started one game as a rookie. As the number I'd say Mac player. Jones takes a lot of shit. I'd say that Zach Wilson takes a lot of shit. i say, you know, listen, part of being in the big leagues, you know, and, and it's not even just – it's one thing to make the big leagues or make the NFL or make the NBA. It's another thing to immediately be the star quarterback. Right. And you become the starting quarterback. You are the star quarterback. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to play like a star, but it definitely means you have the name recognition and everyone gives a shit. Right. So everyone's going to have an opinion. And until you prove you're Mahomes or Allen or Lamar, people are coming for you. <laughs> people like to see people fail as much as people like to see people succeed because most people, you know, don't succeed necessarily in life. So I think it's an easy thing, especially with athletes, to kind of talk shit when guys suck. Yeah. I also think it just create, there is like, it's, if you, if your take is Trey's going to be really good, then the take is based on kind of having to wait to, to have your proof. Right. It's harder to have truly that take for him specifically because no one really watched him. I mean, we got some like fan scouts that watch YouTube, but there's a difference of like, when Mac Jones came out, people had watched him when Tua came out, right. When these, when Andrew Luck came out, like everyone had an opinion if you're a football fan because you had watched the guy play. Yeah. Steph Curry was a rookie, right? You had watched him play at Davidson. I, it's it's easy to kind of shit on Trey because no one else people are like, well, I remember when he took down South Dakota State, 18, you guys, he, he ran fourth quarter. Also, throwing it to, you know, Trey Lance Jr. I think, isn't his brother on the team? Here's the other Trey Lance's brother. I think he plays for North Dakota. His younger brother. Uh, Here's the other thing. If you bet against every quarterback that gets drafted, you'll be right more than you're wrong, right? Yeah. 
if you bet against quarterbacks, you are not playing the odds. If you pick a guy that you like. Yeah. All right. We got so much to talk about. I mean, a lot. So let's get to it real quick. Thursday night. We will be live Thursday night. NFL schedule release show. Little nugget for you, John, doing a doing a dive on um, the actually I'll wait. Well, I don't want to slow us down anymore. Uh, so I'll get to that coming up because we're going to hear something Richard Sherman say. But anyway, Thursday night right here, you, YouTube channel, if you're listening to the podcast after the fact, YouTube channel. And um, we'll be uh, we'll be diving into that. Uh, we also had this piece of uh, news today. Tom Brady <laughs> signed with Fox Sports for a, a 10 year, three hundred and seventy five million dollar contract to begin as Kevin Burkhart's analyst, whatever he retires, <laughs> whatever that is. Pretty incredible. Uh, historic, uh, twice as much as anybody's ever been paid in media. Uh, just, I mean, to be an NFL broadcaster, a uh, remarkable, remarkable, remarkable deal for uh, for for TV Tommy. Well, yeah, you know, when you uh, it's, it's, things haven't been going his way, you know, eventually it shows you it's a good <laughs> life lesson. You just keep swinging. Eventually the dam breaks. In, in all seriousness, like it was, I, I woke up this morning at like 6.15 or whatever and saw, I think, the either a Wall Street Journal guy or the Sports Journal guy had just tweeted that he was going. And, and clearly, they all got the information from the Fox uh, earnings call or whatever, right? The CEO said that they had signed Tom Brady. And that was like, damn, it's a pretty good get. It was clear, like, not this year, whenever. I mean, hell, like, people started making jokes, like, in seven years, or here's a picture of Kevin Burkhart, and they'd show, like, an 80-year-old. Like, that, that was all funny. And then it gets leaked that he got $375 million. Like, if you had told me, you know, he signed, like, you know, five years, hundred million dollars, just you know, test it out. I but then you see the number, but then you start thinking about it. Honestly, it kind of makes some sense, right? Like, you want to get access to me? Do you know what Tom Brady would make on the open market? Just speaking to like Apple or Coors Light or Ford. Like, I mean, he's guy, he's one of the great champions in the history of the world. And then you start thinking, like, who are his comps? To me, his two comps in American sports are Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan. They are so rich that they they couldn't be bought for this. Like Tom would honestly, it's kind of impressive. And again, nothing has happened, and this is not even guaranteed that he makes it there. That it was you could even buy Tom. Like I would have thought he was like you could always buy Peyton. I didn't think you could always buy Tom. And it just goes back to Tom was retired for you know forty five days, absolutely despised retirement life, and now he's basically signed up for a job after a job that he's not even completely done with. I know. And it may be part of buying him to do this, paying him, is that it, it interests him and, and he might want to do it. But do you Fox, agree with that, though? Like, what? Michael and Tiger can't, they wouldn't be able to be bought in this situation. Like, they do other things like Tom does, like brand deals and speaking deals. Right, but right. to commit like this is a pretty big commitment when you're on his and their level, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, I asked you before we started recording this, what's, is Tom going to, is Tom going to last longer on this 10 year contract than John Gruden did on his in but, terms of really calling games? So I don't, we don't, it's hard to know exactly what truly the level of commitment from Tom is today. You, you don't right? think he's a guaranteed that you don't think it's guaranteed that he at minimum calls a season of games. Um, I, I don't think it's a I, – I think he does. I think he does. Let me just say that. But I, I can't – contracts for you to, to – that are that are at least a year away from being fulfilled to me are just I – don't, I don't quite know what to make of them. Now, the, the reason you would say, yes, he fulfills the whole thing is part of what was said on the deal is Brady will pair up with Kevin Burkhart on the biggest NFL games. He will also serve as an ambassador for the sports network 
taking part in promotional activities. So also he will work with Burkhart on quote unquote, the biggest NFL games. Does that mean Fox just has the biggest NFL games? Is that just a casual line or does that mean Tom will do like seven games a year? Cause when you say the biggest NFL games, are you saying we're Fox? This is just the number one crew. We get the biggest NFL games. That might be what he's saying. Or he might be saying, well, the biggest games are the games that Tom will do. See, I think the I think the way the fans read it is like he's I, doing I, Giants Cowboys you. week. How four. do you how do you read that? Well, Giants Cowboys would qualify. But hey, well, they get week, all the but Fox gets the 125, gets all the I games. I'll see. I, I get that. I it, that may be what he's saying, but maybe he's not saying that. I don't I have a hard time seeing Tom Brady doing 17 weeks, 18 weeks of football. Right for the next decade. That's you and you interpret it, I think, differently than all of normal people that are just assuming he's going to just be doing the full slate of games like he's Joe Buck or Troy. I I wonder. I mean, uh, Tony Romo. I wonder if part of this deal is Tom. Here's the thing: if you think you might want to do this, if you say no, we're going to go like try and pay Sean Payton, and then the door will be closed because we're going to sign him to a ten-year contract. So if you think you want to do this, let's sign this deal. And then whenever you we'll, we'll hold the spot for you, but you got to commit. We'll hold the spot, but you got to commit. Because if you don't commit, then we're going to go get Sean Payton or we're going to give Drew Brees, you know, whatever. Derek Papa texted me today. He's like, you know who has the Super Bowl this year is Fox. If you were Fox, would you put Brady in the Super Bowl broadcast this year if he's not playing in the game? And my answer to that is yes. Yes, I would. To call the game. To call the game. Now, you might put him in there as a third member of the booth, like with Greg Olson. But this goes to I, – I didn't – we were they talking ha, about – They haven't week. announced that Greg Olson's doing this. No, but who? One. But whatever. Somebody, somebody's going to be doing it, right? Yeah. And that person, presumably, their question is going to be, so I'm just a placeholder for Tom? But uh, the reason I said yes is this goes back to you asked me beforehand, before we started, like if Tom did a game, would that not be one of the highest rated games ever? And the answer is yes, but imagine if Tom's first game is the Super Bowl against maybe it's a team he just played. Maybe it's two teams that he's played, right? Yeah. So that would be that would feel like a that's a splashy way to kind of start getting your money because you don't get you don't get the Super Bowl again for another three years. Maybe four now, isn't NBC, CBS, ABC, oh, ABC? Yeah, it's four year rotation. I, I I think you who've just been doing this longer read it differently than ninety five. I think not, if you just pulled ninety five percent of people that said Tom Brady and Fox, they think he's calling every game in the season. That's what they think. They you don't think that's like the conventional wisdom out there of what just people saw the headline. I mean, you're reading, you're like, asking me what I think people think. Yes. Yeah. That's what I think people think. And that might be right. I'm not saying it's not right. It didn't, I didn't even think it until I read you that line just now. I didn't hear how he said it. Right. I didn't. So I don't know if that, that could just mean Fox has the biggest games every week and Tom will be calling them. That could be what he's saying. Yeah. But he could also be saying, yeah, Tom, because when you say he'll also serve as an ambassador, he'll do some promotional activities. Well, I'm paying you $37 million. Well, I now, but you, that you, makes sense. Like you said, what does it cost to get Tom to come talk to your company? If you're core, if you're Tito, you want T- Tito beverage wants Tom to come talk and, and Devin from Tito's and Haberman and Middlecoff are all there in Austin together to watch Tom talk. What would he pay Tom for that appearance? Yeah. A million bucks. More? I mean, for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, like, so when it's like, hey, now you're our guy and you, we, we just, we just, we're just going to have a, 
an exclusive partnership agreement, you know, now yeah, like, like, Hey Tom, you know, once a month, you're going to go on our biggest show, which is coward. And he's like, yeah, it's part of the, You know, we have some different stipulations like Troy used to do, but Troy probably had a little more juice to say, no, he wasn't making as much money. You pay a guy 37 and a half million dollars. Again, Tom can say no to stuff, but you do have access to the guy, right? Also, he's never made 37 and a half million dollars to play quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Now, part of that is his own doing, right? Like Eli Manning, Matt Stafford. He hasn't made as much as Drew Brees. Like he chose to take less. In business, if you're Tom, like I think part of this was eye-opening. Like, yeah, that's pretty, it's a lot of money for something that you don't really even know what he's committing to even beside the games, right? Like, obviously, he costs more than Troy Aikman or Tony Romo, even though he's never cost a game. We agree there, right? Just in a vacuum. Like, if you want to get Tom Brady to call your games, the power that would be for Fox, he's worth more than those guys, right? Like, if you're Tom, like, the negotiating, if that's all I was going to do, you can't ever ask me to do coward. You can't ever ask me, call me up for the draft. I'm just going to do your games, and I'll do the playoffs. It would start at, like, $25 million probably. Right. Yeah. It's like, what's the going rate? Well, Troy Aikman's the best of the business, been doing this forever, is making 19. Tom's like, well, I'm Tom fucking Brady, 28. It's like, well, Tom, okay. What if we put on another 10 and we get you for this, this, and this? And it could be we're going to do the next, you know, another edition of uh, there's going to be a Tom Brady documentary we put together that we'll partner with you on. We'll do, well, maybe we'll partner with you on a movie. I, yeah, I you want to get creative? Like, you want to do some stuff? You want to have, why not this guy? How about the Tom Brady, like Gruden football camp? Like you talk to the top five quarterbacks. Do you think how easy that would be to throw on like Fox Sports 1? Right. Tom Brady with the top five quarterbacks at 50 years old sits down with CJ Stroud. Obviously, it would be in a couple years. Can you imagine how many people would pay attention to that? Right. (laughs) And if you're Tom, like, you know, that kind of gets his juices going too. Like he gets to throw with them. He gets to sit down and talk some ball with them. It's an easy one. It's a beefy fastball for football guys because it doesn't really feel like they come out to Miami, Florida, like they used to go to FCC. We'll build you a little room to bullshit with. You know, you could fucking bring in Gronk and Edelman. It's it's such a, I would bet something like that because I would want to do that. And I bet I could see Tom like, hey, we would love to integrate you some way in the draft. We don't need you watching all the players. How about just mess with the five quarterbacks? I, I feel like that would get his juices going. Hell, why not go play, one of them play golf, go play nine holes with them. We'll film it. Yeah. You know, you guys just talk ball. I mean, you and I have already put together content for Tom and this team. <laughs> they would work. It would work. It will, a lot of a lot of stuff with Tom would work, right? And that's why I love this deal is because Tom Brady's one of the greatest sportsmen um, that we've ever had in this country, and keeping him in our, you know, around the around sports. A part of you worries like Tom retires, he goes to ownership. You never see one of the greatest, the greatest of all time again. And that's not going to be the case with it. I think one thing that he's probably seen through Peyton is like the world now, and you and I are lucky the timing of our lives. Like we've kind of living through this and we've built a business around it. Is that like, you can like be creative, your brand wall. We all can partner up and make money. Like you see Peyton just kind of got creative with the football stuff and just doing different things, throwing out ideas with Eli and just going to like, put the stick them on with bullet in a cop, just doing just random shit that I bet those were Peyton's ideas. Like Tom, just fucking hit us with some ideas. What do you want to do? We'll, we'll send you the crew. It, it'll get a million fucking views on YouTube in 24 hours. You know, that that'll pay for it. What do you want to do? 
that that to me probably wasn't as much happening. It was much harder. Like where would you even put it in 1996, right? Or right. 2005. Now it's yeah. like, you tell us, Tom. Yeah. I, I think the quarterback idea would be, would not only work again, if Tom was interested in it, I think it would be sweet. Don't you like Thursday, the four Thursdays leading up to the draft, seven o'clock at night, Fox sports one, Tom sits down with the top, you know, this Thursday, that next Thursday. Yeah. That would be cool. That would be. That would you be. could even get Gruden involved. By then? Maybe. You never know. I just want Tom. More Tom, the better. More Tom, the better. Uh, John, before we go on, let's tell the people about our friends at buckmason.com slash ham. It's very easy. You go to buckmason.com slash ham. And with anything that you order, with anything at all, you get a free T-shirt. Bam! buckmason.com are you wearing buck mason right now i'm wearing buck mason hoodie right now actually i'm wearing a buck mason hoodie as well buck mason clothes second to none i i can't recommend their hoodies i mean i i wear the hoodie all the time you wear the hoodie all the time you can check our videos it's confirmed yeah i went over to haberman's house for cinco de drinko and he had the hoodie on (laughs) and uh we obviously own a lot of their t-shirts we own a lot of their stuff because we don't just advertise we live and wear and use the stuff that we advertise with and Listen, we don't just push Buck Mason because they're paying us. We actually use the product, wear the product, and can't recommend the product enough. Uh, you get a free T-shirt. So just go. They got V-necks. They have uh, the Prima Tees. They, they got it all. Go check out their website, buckmason.com. Yeah. Uh, with the only pro tip that we recommend, maybe size up if you want a more uh, relaxed fit. I wouldn't even say relaxed. Maybe get your normal size if you like a a, a trim fit. But if not... Go ahead and size up. So if you normally wear a medium, get a large. And I think you'll find that that works uh, perfect. Uh, The Pima, I love, like John said. The Slub is also great. Highly recommend the hoodies as well. They got straight bottoms. They got curved hems at the bottom. So, so many options for you to choose from. And uh, great quality as well. Some great colors. Go hit it right now. BuckMason.com slash ham. Thanks for their support. Been wearing it since before they started advertising. And, um, and we're fans. We look great in the product. Thank you. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get ButcherBox.com ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon chicken breast or steak tips in every order for free sign up today at butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get 20 dollars off your first order what's up everybody it's your old friend john middlecoff i'm here to tell you about our friends at game time here's what i need you to do go to your smartphone download a little app called game time baseball season's in full swing Oracle Park, been there a million times, never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some 
garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Joe Buck Mason. It's funny. Male models. Did you see Buck and uh, Aikman are like revealing some of the games that they'll have? I saw something on social media, the two of them on like Good Morning America. And I mean, they both look like they were wearing the same dress shirt. You know, I mean, Buck's slimmed down, him and Troy, great shape. Kind of a similar look, you know, early mid 50s, the, the hair. Troy's is natural, Joe's created. But it just, yeah, it kind of works. They they yeah. work as a tandem. Yeah, they do. Probably they, they, uh, all they drink is uh, Aikman's new beer. What's it called? Seven, I think, or something it, like that. Yeah, doesn't it feel like it's two calories, but it gets you drunk? That's Troy's deal. I don't know how it's possible, but uh, I, I would imagine they're a little rat, like Burkhart, Brady, Buck, Aikman. Well, they're not at the same time, so it won't necessarily matter. Romo could get hurt in the ratings, though. Romo could get hurt in the ratings. Nance will be Nance. Um, you know, I guess you know who could hurt in the ratings a little maybe is Peyton. How though? Well, he goes oh. up against it's yeah. Part of it was like, you know, <laughs> these seven guys in the booth, I don't even know what the hell's going on. Let's go to Peyton and Eli. Now yeah. it's like Joe Buck and Aiden. But then Peyton's I, thing is like, you know, buffering and it wasn't perfect, yeah. What'd you say, Kevin Hart? <laughs> <laughs> All right, John. Uh one thing we talked about on our Monday show on YouTube, which was YouTube only. That was not a podcast. So if you missed that, go check it out. We talked about some of the comments of uh, Rich Scangarello. I found out we've been saying it wrong this whole time, not Scangarello. Scangarello. Uh, he was on the Tapeheads podcast with Bob Wischusen and Greg Cosell. And it was, uh, so I listened to it. Uh, Grant Cohn gets the credit for finding it. One of the quotes on the uh, podcast were, do you want a guy who throws it hard? And 70 yards or a guy that runs really fast? Uh, or do you want a guy that throws with anticipation on time, allows yak, processes a natural leader? Those qualities. Now, I listened to it. He was never directly, necessarily talking about Trey Lance. But, I mean, that's what we're talking about here. And so I think it's not a leap at all to reach the conclusion that 
um, uh, he would have preferred Mac Jones to Trey Lance. Part of that is that in well, the, he, he had three guys to rank. Two of them fit the one category, and the other guy's the opposite, right? Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and and Mac Jones. Yeah. yeah. Part of this too is that uh, there has been in the in the John Lynch Kyle Shanahan era, there have not been a lot of leaks that you could a there not been a lot of leaks. Period. B anything that comes out is hard to attach to those two. I would say on the internet streets in the last month, there's been a lot of smoke on a lot of people not connected to each other. DMing. I got a text the other day, uh, Scangarello and Kyle did not get along DMs from people. Scangarello played golf with this guy and told him he hates Trey Scangarello. Like there's a lot Scangarello talks to a lot of people. <laughs> and again, I thought he was good on this podcast. At one point they asked him about Trey Lance in the class and he kind of skipped over Trey and went to Malik Willis. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's fair to say that there's a lot there. So here's, we can talk about some of what he said, but I want to get this specific theory to you because I have been hammering, you know, I've been hammering this last year before the draft. Every, there are a lot of reporters that said the Niners were going to draft Mac Jones, national reporters. And after they didn't, and you and I both predicted Trey Lance before the draft, after they didn't, all the guys that, that predicted that the Niners would draft Mac Jones got roasted for just making stuff up. And my take at that time, and I've maintained this is that I didn't think all those guys got it wrong just coincidentally and out of nowhere. You thought it was the Mike Shanahan. Now we know it's rich. I think Scangarello is the reason everybody thought it was that's just a theory. I don't know that. But I think he's the reason. Maybe we'll get Albert Breer and Peter Schrager on the pod and guests and source guests. I think maybe we can connect those dots and say this is the reason. Well, well, here would be my question. Rich, and we talked about this yesterday. If we played this game in most draft rooms, you could find a position coach in half of them of maybe in the Jags. They He wanted Aiden Hutchinson. Maybe the, the team that the Lions, the, their defensive line coach, would have rather had Jordan Davis than Aiden Hutchinson. Maybe the corner that, you know, it's like you, you could play this game. So what could he be telling all the reporters that put all their chips in the middle of the table, you know, that he was the quarterback coach? He wasn't even the play caller, let alone the decision maker. Could he have just been lying to them that Kyle or hoping that he could use them to pressure? Here's the other thing. You start doing this. Eventually, John and Kyle, who have a lot of juice, are going to ask Peter King or Schrager, like, where are you hearing this from? Right now, old school Big J's aren't going to ruin their source. No, you can't do that. But it's kind of clear, like, where's this coming from? Right? Because I, I think part of it, we thought it was the Shanahan family. Here's the irony. We think the way he's describing a quarterback is the way that Kyle thinks, right? Like that Kyle, this guy learned feels like from Kyle, the way to look at quarterbacks. And then Kyle pivoted and this guy was left on an Island of thinking the old school way. Cause Kyle wants to go new school, which might be the case, but regardless what this guy thinks, why does it matter? That's my question. Why does it fucking matter? What, who rich wanted? I, I just don't think it I'm not saying to you, I'm just saying in general, like what, why does it, he wanted Mac Jones. I'd say, yeah, I'd get rid of rich too. <laughs> like, I, if I was John Lynch, I'd be like, get this guy out of the building. Like he doesn't like, well, I think, I think the biggest reason it's relevant information is because there is a, there is a school of thought out there that in fact, what rich wanted is what Kyle wanted and that Kyle got 
talked into Trey Lance. I guess I guess what I'm saying, if this quote would have came out a week before the draft, anonymous from a 49ers offensive coach would be like, God, Kyle Shanahan thinks like that, right? We, yeah. This would have read like Kyle Shanahan's quote. Sure. But remember what Kyle Shanahan's press conference was. You want a guy that does all the things, right? And the guy that, because he was angry, because he felt like they were trying to push him back against a wall to have. But he's not wrong. But here's what we know. The guy that doesn't, the guy that has the athletic skills has a chance to be the complete package. The guy that doesn't does not. Now, the greatest quarterback of all time does not have the athletic skills that we're talking about, right? No. But the the point is just. He fits, he fits riches. He fits, yeah. But, but I think the reason it's relevant is because that, that school of thought, I think it's a, it's a good sign for the 49ers in some ways, right? That they got that, rid of Rich? That, well, I got rid of Rich. I, I, I was whatever. I, but just that, that that line of thinking created a disagreement with Kyle, perhaps. Maybe there was just a personal whatever. I don't. We, we, and as you pointed out yesterday, it bears repeating. He did get a good job. Yes, the Kentucky offensive coordinator job is a good job. As we talked about on the YouTube stream yesterday, I would say most people that listen to us. And DM us think like, oh, they just fired him and he took some shitty job at Kentucky. The Kentucky offensive coordinator job pays $900,000. And they win. I think they've averaged 10 wins the last year. They finished second in their division in in the SEC last year. I think their head coach has got like an eight-year extension. Like he is, they're a big-time SEC program right now. So it's, he hired a guy that, I mean, he's replacing a Rams you know, offensive coordinator who went from the Rams to Kentucky, now back to the Rams. Like they like the Shanahan McVay, that offense, right? That's what they like running in Kentucky. But I also think that people act like he just went to Cal Poly, you know, because I would say historically you went to Kentucky football, who would take that job. It's the SEC is a different animal now. Yeah. Just, just turn on a random ESPNU Saturday afternoon. And when SEC baseball's on, it looks like Jesus Christ, there's 18,000 people there. Uh, one other, one other thing he said, they asked him about small school guys and that's, they were like Josh Allen or Trey Lance or Malik Willis. And he talked about Josh Allen and Malik Willis and did not talk about Trey Lance. Um, maybe he just doesn't like Trey Lance and which is, which is okay. If you just don't like the player, there's no, we, we, you know, I'm not here to, I'm not in any way killing rich skin. He might be right. Yeah. He might be right. Right. We hate to say that, but. Uh, but I thought what was interesting was he talked about how much he loved Josh Allen coming out in the draft and it. Do you remember what draft that was for the 49ers? This got me thinking about this particular. It was the 2018 draft. McGlinchey? So that was the. Huh? They took McGlinchey. That was the McGlinchey draft. Yeah. Yeah. So they took that McGlinchey got picked at. Do you remember what number? Nine. And Josh was seven. Josh was seven. So the question Rich, is. You're saying Rich was on that staff, right? Rich was on that staff. Was he on that staff? But Jimmy was on the team then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I but I just I just wanted to go down the. I wanted I played out the string of what it could you make the case the Niners should have traded because that didn't that was not Buffalo's pick it was Tampa's pick, and Buffalo did not have to trade that much. Buffalo uh, traded twelve and two twos for seven and a seventh. So to move up from twelve to seven, they traded two twos, which is not nothing. But to get your franchise quarterback, it's not trading two additional ones. You think they like the Niners trade? <laughs> Is that the easiest trade that they'll ever make? The easiast trade they'll ever make. Okay. I, I, I guess so, my okay, sorry. Let me just finish this. Let me just finish this. Because I think you could argue, well, what what would the Niners have traded to get from nine to seven? What do you think? At least a two, maybe two twos, maybe yeah. a two and a three. They didn't have two twos. 
So maybe they would have traded 44 and 70, which were Dante Pettis and Fred Warner. Or maybe they would have traded the 18 second and a 2019 the next year, two twos, right? And that would have been Debo Samuel. So uh, in any event, there was just a a, a separate. I, I, I guess my overall track. take, though, is that like a position coach, every position coach in the league evaluates their position. Sometimes if you think the guy's good, you let them evaluate other offensive players or defensive players, depending on what side of the ball. They have opinions like a scout. <laughs> And you feel you spend all this time doing the work. You end up getting to know them. You meet them at the combine. You may go to pro days and you just develop. You like individuals and you don't like other ones. What's a little weird on this one is one thing, not liking Trey, the player. Maybe you think his arms, the loopy release. Like I could, I could see like, you know, you just don't like running quarterbacks. You are fall under the mold of what we thought Kyle was, but it feels like he has like, doesn't like him personally almost a little bit. Because you once you are because here's the thing, he he refused to say his name, right? Well, part of that might be like I don't want to, you know, like if I were going to defend him, I'd say anything I say with Trey Lance's name is in it. If I'm neg- well, I don't want to kill the kid. Maybe he but, likes but, him. But he doesn't want to criticize him. But he's already saying stuff that's getting you know, know. And he knows what's going to happen when he goes on. But if an he were NFL to if he were to say Trey Lance is is just is not as smart as they think he is or something like that. No, but my thing. What's weird is that once if I don't like Guy Haberman the player, and my team drafts Guy Haberman, well then if I spend a year around him, even if I don't like you the player, but it's like God, I really like the guy. I would start rooting for you. I'd be like, I hope he improves. I'm going to coach him up. How do you spend a year around a guy? He was the quarterback coach every single day. Those two guys, three guys. And it felt like him and Jimmy were be at, like getting along really well. Well, Rich would be sitting right there with a Diet Coke bullshitting with him. A little weird. Maybe Trey uh, found out early on this guy. Because, again, if I was Trey and I found out like this guy did not want to draft you, that could get out, which it's not like the players would know. So I, would Kyle tell him? I don't know. Feels like their relationship. You could just didn't. feel an energy from a person, right? They don't. Yeah, look this guy at you didn't like they, me. Yeah, weird. I remember going to the combine when I realized I was going to get fired, and Chip Kelly would just not look at me. I'm no like, this is kind of weird. No one would say a word. I'm like, I'm in trouble. Oh, Savage I remember you telling me. About, I, I remember like, you telling you're me. You're in that. trouble. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. Just like Rich. See ya. But he got a nine hundred thousand dollar job. I didn't. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> well. Brick by brick, John. All right. Um, Chris Sims. Chris Sims. We're going to hear some of what Richard Sherman said. We got a lot of stuff to hear. Uh, I want to play you three things that Chris Sims said on his podcast, Unbuttoned, with our buddy Ahmed Farid. And um, the first thing, he's going to start by talking about last year, why his initial take was play Trey, and then he watched him play in the preseason and went, eh, maybe he's not ready, but why his opinion is different now around the 49ers organization and training camp last year or people around the Chargers 49ers practices during training camp last year. Too many people got to see Trey Lance to go, oh, it wasn't that good in practice. And it, oh, there was too many things coming out of those to go, it's really raw. He's really far away. The throws are off target. The decisions are everywhere and all that. I would say this. Shanahan said a few weeks ago that they they think Trey Lance is going to start. He's ready. All right, he's ready. He is. I know they're going to play this dance if Jimmy G's there or not. Just go with it. You saw enough from him, and he's got some talents that can open up the field and make their offense every bit as dangerous. Now, is he going to be as consistent throwing the ball machine down the middle of the field? No, probably not. But 
Uh, I just think the Jimmy G situation brings more pressure on Trey Lance. It brings more pressure on Shanahan. And um, that's where I just don't understand. I guess I cut that off there, but that's where I just don't understand why they're dragging this out. Or Essentially is what he said. Yeah. Uh, in their, I think in their mind, they're not necessarily dragging this out because he hasn't, he's not going to be around Stanley. I, I would say the only way that you could consider this dragging it out is if when training camp comes, Jimmy's also showing up, then that to me would fall under. But what's happening this spring with Jimmy not being around and Trey going to be the starting quarterback, I, I, I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass. Not that they handled it well. I think we've all agreed that it did not go their favor. And even John admitted the moment that they came out with the uh, getting surgery, like that that screwed him. Even though they kind of knew that he might get surgery, is a weird deal. But regardless, Sim, Sims, I don't have that. Cl- Sims reiterated, like, yeah, they, you know, it kind of snuck up on them that it turned that way. And John yeah. Lynch has kind of said that too. They clearly weren't on the same page there, which I, I don't blame Jimmy. Like, I, I, I'm a huge like he, that was Jimmy's I, leverage. Yeah, like Jimmy got her playing for you guys. Yep. Uh, but you agree, like, if, if Trey, if Jimmy's nowhere to be found when we go out to practice in the next couple weeks or a month or whenever the fuck they are. And Trey's taking all the reps and Jimmy's not there. Like, I, I don't, that's not factoring. Now, if Jimmy was there on the sideline, I would say that's immediately weird. But I would not expect him to be there. If Jimmy has showed up there, and even Just if he's hang. rehabbing on the side, I would say that's immediately weird. Yeah, I think if you were the 49ers, you couldn't, you don't want him doing that. Yeah. I would say, I'm assuming that he's not going to show up, which I think is fair to assume. What's not fair to assume, if you're not cutting them or trading them by the time July, whatever their report date is, 28th, and whenever they step on the field, let's say that's just, I'll just pick a date, July 31st is their first day on the field. If Jimmy Garoppolo is walking out there with Trey Lance, that's immediately a, a major drag out weird situation. And also could be a reflection then of Trey. Then we got all these other variables playing in. Like, did he have a rough spring? But I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt's the wrong way to describe it. I'm just giving them the spring. It's Trey's team. Jimmy's rehabbing Chicago, Florida, wherever the hell he is. I, I separate those two things because, I mean, they're star tight ends taking the guy to the Warriors game. A thought has occurred to me, too, of like, well, maybe he kind of knows they know he might not be ready right. or that they need their like, good team like you talked about in the Super Bowl window. Right. Where they go, damn, we're, we still need a good backup quarterback. We need to have somebody like that. I don't want to sacrifice our team on, oh, our young Trey Lance went down and hurt his knee, just like I saw him doing his first start last year, sure. right? And then you go, oh, crap. That would scare me if I'm him, too. And I'm sure that might be part of the process with Garoppolo as well and their thought where they're just going, damn. I mean, he is a great backup option, even though he's $25 million. But again, you trade a three for. I don't know why I'm cutting these clips are getting cut off. I'm not blaming myself, but in any event, you heard most of it there. You traded three first round picks for him. Like you would have, you would have lit up the producer in 14. I would, in I, the mean, radio. <laughs> I would not have been able to handle that. Uh, and one more part. How many games do you think parade? Jimmy Garoppolo starts for the 49ers next year? I'm going to say none. I'm going to go with none. And that at some point before training camp or around that time, they either release him or find some way to trade him. They're going to still have to pay a big portion of the contract or something. I, I, but I don't expect him to be there. I just yeah. I can't imagine that happening. Three first round picks to get a quarterback at pick number three. You know, basically, have pushed out the guy who took you to two NFC championships. You know, I think one theme in everything he says is 
you are making Trey Lance's life harder if you keep Jimmy Garoppolo around, right? And and what you have to weigh is is the risk of Trey getting hurt and you needing Jimmy Garoppolo to win you football games for twenty five million bucks because you couldn't trade him for anything. Is that worth the trade off? Yeah, I, I would say. And his, his conclusions, no, it's not. In a vacuum, every single human, including Kyle, including George Kittle, would agree. Could I get the player Jimmy Garoppolo to be the backup for Trey Lance? Everyone would agree that's a good thing. You would want the best backup humanly possible. Not really the way football works, right? Like part of it, I, I ran in a day at the gym, diehard Bills fan. And he was like, you see these schedules? All these, I don't know what's going on. When's this? They're already leaking. And I kind of explained it to him, like how it's slowly, slowly to Thursday. He's like, we're going to start getting all the primetime games. I'm like, yeah, you guys now get maxed out primetime games. Part of Josh Allen. He loves Josh Allen. But if Josh Allen goes down, it, their season's over. If Mahomes goes down, their season's over. If When Russell Wilson hurt his mallet finger, they were screwed for four games or whatever. That's part of football. Like, it's just you're all in on Trey Lance. So, yeah, if Trey Lance gets hurt, that's a problem. And you'd say on the short sample size, he went two and a half games and he got injured in one of them. But, like, I I, I go back to you can't have Jimmy around, even though, in theory, you'd love to have him in the backup. And the old school Greg Papa in the 90s, you can do that. But you can't do that now. And Bill Walsh, quarterback, you can't talk like that now. It's just – it's too much on a 20, especially uh, this guy is not coming from Alabama. Say right. one thing about like Mac and Tua. It's like, how does Tua handle Miami? I don't know. Tua was starting quarterback at Alabama for two years in the peak of their dynasty. Came in at halftime of a national championship. Like in fairness to Tua, like I bet Tua was like, it was crazier at Alabama than here's at Miami, right? North Dakota State power. It's North Dakota State. So I, I just think you got to get rid of them. Even though in theory, if you can get them to take a pay cut and still name trade the starter, cook the books. That does make sense football-wise. It doesn't make sense personality-wise. And the, I mean, it would be a circus guy because if you were at Levi Stadium, let's say the Niners are 2-2, two and two, and whoever they're – let's just pick a team. They're playing the fifth game. They're playing the Commanders. And all of a sudden, they're 2-2 two and two, playing the Commanders week five, and you're like, what? Is this team kind of like last year? What's going on? 10-10 and a half, and Trey's throwing two picks. And Jimmy's the backup. What if you like? Fuck it, throw Jimmy in. What are we doing? That would have, and it would make no one would ever say throw Sudfeld in, or throw Brock well, Purdy in. You know what could happen really quickly is you get that from the, from fans too. Like everyone who wants well, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. We're, oh, you yeah, and I are okay. sitting in the stands. Yeah, we'd yeah. start can Jimmy, Jimmy. What? How would they not? Yeah. Yep. Well, the number one priority in any year is to win a championship. But truly, the number one priority for the 49ers is to give Trey Lance every piece of support and opportunity to become a franchise quarterback, given what they paid for him. Right. That's the number one thing that is their Everything they do. The first thing they have to think of is this good or bad for Trey Lance. Now, you know, well, let's, we could, let's just say this. They had done that trade and G they had made the NFC championship last year, but instead of the way they made it, Jimmy had been a pro bowler and had thrown like 40 touchdowns and 10 picks. If you told me they're going to roll back with Jimmy, I'd have no problem. Like, yeah, I mean, it's like you got that inspired, that great Jimmy. But what happened was Jimmy was just Jimmy. And it was like, oh, this is still not great. So it's it's been very, very easy for to be like, yeah, we don't give a shit about Jordan Love. Because Aaron Rodgers turned back into, or even you could argue, had the greatest two seasons of his career. Like, you just watch him. You're like, is this, has this guy perfected football? 
and it worked out perfectly for them. Did they fuck up the pick? Of course they did. If they could redo it, would they take Brandon Ayuk or something? Yes. But the way it, the result of the way it played out worked out pretty perfectly for them, right? They won however many games in two years. He won back-to-back MVPs, and they hosted playoff games. Now, they lost in the playoff games, but if you just said, hey, both years you're going to get home playoff games, and you're going to get your shot. You're going to be the ones – they would take that in a heartbeat. And ultimately, the 49ers would have wanted what's best for the 49ers. And in this case, they just found out, like, Jimmy's just Jimmy. Now, I think one thing we learned about him, and this is where I think he gets a lot of credit around the league, that, like, Baker and some of these guys are getting crushed. I think we learned a lot about his character, right? I mean, truly, like, he's a pretty high-level guy to just be able to handle the situation. And, two, like, his toughness, I think I assumed he was tough. You know, just you got to be tough to play in the NFL, tough He's pretty tough, right? Like he can, and it was called into question a little bit when he ended the the season before sitting in the booth. And I, I'm probably guilty because I questioned like, what's his deal? His toughness was clearly he was in a lot of pain, right? And he had multiple injuries. I mean, he got injured protecting another injury. Yeah, for a team that he knows now they're paying him a lot of money, but he knows like he's not long for the job. So I, I, I he earned a lot of respect, I think, with a lot of people, right? I, yes, yeah. But at the end of the day, his him as a player, just he's just not good enough, right? Look, almost every team that has won a championship, almost every team, not every team, but almost every team that's won a championship had, we could count probably on two hands, maybe four hands, the moments that could have cost them a championship. And on the other side of that coin, when you almost win, like the Niners, you could easily make the case. We were so close twice with Jimmy. So how can you argue that Jimmy isn't shouldn't be the quarterback when we got so close twice with him. And the part of that argument is, well, yeah, but you almost were not in the position you were in, right? Several things could have kept you from even getting to the NFC Championship game this year. Other things could have kept you from getting to the Super Bowl the year two years prior. I mean, honestly, it could, so have, don't been thir- get- it could have been 30 to nothing at halftime of the Rams Week 18 game. That's what it felt like. Yeah, and the Packers game could have been a very different game. So... Now, not that not the Packers were great. Not You're right. The Rams game is different. Um, but sometimes don't make the mistake of thinking because you got the correct end result that your process was right. You know, don't get blinded by your success. And don't overvalue. I, I guess sometimes it's don't get blinded by the failures, too. Sometimes coaches would say that. Like, I see this guy every day. I know his numbers aren't good, but I'm telling you he's going to be a good player. It works both ways. And I think what you said about Jimmy is it's not – you're not talking about Trey Lance replacing – well, I think what you're going to your franchise. What you're going to find out, though, guy, is that two years ago when they went six and ten, they lost all the injuries. Did they overreact to that and make a trade for Trey Lance? Like we don't have the information, and they might have because ultimately, like they could have rolled back with Jimmy. This season would have been relatively the same, and they maybe they could have ended it with Matt Ryan, right? I mean, the Colts have just slow played it, and they've ended up with Rivers and Matt Ryan. Now they've also hit some bumps in the road, but you just. I, and listen, I I I, in, I, I admire, and I, I think the always the way to be is to kind of foot on the pedal, not foot on the brake. And I think they made the right move and the right mindset, and it was a unique quarterback draft. But they're not guaranteed to be right, right? No, I mean this, they've made multiple decisions. They, Jimmy Garoppolo is not a franchise, not our franchise quarterback. It's one decision. Then they had to make another decision, which was choosing between these other guys. Well, choosing to actually be aggressive for that draft. Right. They could have also had a conversation about Matt Ryan or whatever. Yeah. And the, and the problem for them was going to be right. Like the quarterbacks that became available, I, I think would have been very difficult for them to do the Deshaun thing. 
right? In the midst yeah. of his controversy. Well, they tried to get Stafford, couldn't get him. Couldn't get him. You know, that, that would have been very correct of a decision. That would have been correct. And then you think about this offseason, Russell is a no-fly zone, right? Seattle right. In, in a million years would never do that. I think Rodgers, let's say the Jimmy situation had played out, but Trey wasn't on the market, and the Niners were like, we're in the quarterback market. Like, who's available? And Rodgers was like going to Denver. I think Rodgers might have pushed for it, but I, I'd have a hard time even if the Niners would have offered three first-round picks that the Packers would have done that deal, right? Could you could you envision a scenario where the Packers trade him to retire than Aaron? We're not trading him to the 49ers. We, we just I, – I don't think you could do that if you're a good against um, – I think. I mean, ultimately, if you were convinced Aaron wasn't going to show up, it'd be malpractice not to take three ones for a guy who wasn't going to show up, right? I think it would have to get very, very ugly. I think it would have been tough. Yeah, I, I still to retire think, almost. If you told me Gudikins dropped to fire me before I traded him to the 49ers, I think I'm not. I'm not going to gonna be the guy. Yeah. We, yeah, it used to happen more in like the 80s and 90s. You know, he's making too much. Like it's one thing to, when you were making like a hundred grand, like 93, to be a GM. It's another thing when you're making like three and a half million dollars. You're like. Yeah, we don't have a choice, and then you yeah. just put it on Aaron. But I still have a hard time envisioning that. But I do think Matt Ryan would have been their quarterback, don't you? I think Matt Ryan, if if they had not done the Trey Lance and just ridden with Jimmy Garoppolo, and now Jimmy was coming off a shoulder, I think you could argue Jimmy would just be the quarterback. But yeah, the Matt Ryan thing. If you gave if you gave Kyle right now, I don't know the answer to this. Only he truly does. If you get a do over and just reverse it, get the picks back. <laughs> And have Jimmy last year with Sudfeld or some Tyrod Taylor or some other random backup. And then have just blasted it this year with your picks and then acquired Matt Ryan instead of having Trey Lance about to take over. What would you rather do? I wonder if he would say Matt Ryan. Uh, I wonder that too. I don't know. Because he has you know, looked a little older. It's it's very dependent on how much he likes Trey Lance, right? If he really loves Trey Lance, then he wouldn't do that deal. And we just don't quite know yet how he feels. Yep. We don't really know. I think we're really going to get some sort of feel over the next month, right? Of just him talking, Trey talking, the players talking. And I, it's going to lean positive. But just this is, a, I would say, a very, very intriguing OTAs of just the vibe. You know, because the expectations are high. Not and the vibe in off season is always kind of light, but like I, I'm just fascinated with this whole yeah, thing. Yeah. Well, the other thing is it might be harder. You're going against the ones a lot more now, right? It might does it look remember the first like ten days where we were showing up, it was highlight reel after highlight reel. But I mean, part of it when you have a big arm and you can run in in those situations, he's gonna have highlight he'd have highlight reel no matter what team he was playing against, right? Twos, ones, like just when you can huck it and move. And there's no sacks. And the Bosa, well, Bosa probably be training in Florida, but Hyder has to stop and you get to like run three Whistle more steps and unload. <laughs> DBs are covering for four seconds and a half. Yeah. yeah. So you're right. That's that's uh it's very different. Uh before we get to Richard Sherman and Albert Breer John, let's get to indeed.com slash ham. Indeed.com slash ham, where starting now. You get a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post when you go to Indeed.com slash ham. Yeah, guy, one of the things that I love about Indeed is they make hiring all in one place very easy because, guy, with Indeed Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description. 
the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed, uh, Indeed data based in the U.S. So we can't recommend it enough. If you're looking to hire, we know the great resignation took place. There are people out there they are going to need some J-O-B-S jobs. So get on it right now, especially if they're checking their portfolio because they are down. And they're going to need to work. They're going to need some cash. And if you are in charge of HR, if you run a small business, if you run part of a bigger business, I, I cannot recommend Indeed enough. It will. Well, Indeed is where the people are. It's the number one job site in the world. More exactly. total visits than any other job site. And in the minute we've been talking to you, 16 hires were made in the last minute. Jeez. On Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. So when you sponsor a job post on Indeed in the U.S., you are three times more likely to get a hire. As John said, candidates you invite three times more likely to apply and you're three times more likely to get a hire. So right now, go to Indeed, the only job site where you only pay for the applicants that meet your must-have requirements. Start hiring at Indeed now. Get a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash ham. Offers good for a limited time. Claim your $75 job post credit at Indeed.com slash ham. Indeed.com slash ham. Terms and conditions apply. Pay per qualified applicant. Not available for all users. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Damn right. Just saw it was when you were talking, I peeked at Twitter. Looks like John Morant's probably out for the playoffs. Mm. Bye-bye, Memphis. You know what I missed while watching that game on Monday night was all of Ian Eagle's jaw phrases. He's got I, – I hadn't really been paying attention. Last night was the first one I, like, really watched the sound. He does it a lot. What, like plays on words? Yeah. Is that, like, yeah. his thing? He's very clever, yes. He's got a lot. Yeah. I mean, he was every single sweet layup he had. It was. He's got. He's got a lot of. It's. He's got a lot of stuff for, that he just shoots a bullet, and he's got like twenty bullets, maybe more. Yeah. Him and Jim Jackson's pretty good little combo. It is a good combo. That's just like a high level NBA announcing crew. Yeah. Because there are clearly not some high level ones. There are. There are some not high level. Ones. I don't. I'm not a huge Stan Van Gundy guy, but he's not terrible. I'll give him that. Like he. You know, he, he knows, knows the game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I want to, let's see, what do I, have? I don't know what order I have these in. So let's just try one and we'll see. Maybe this is Sherman. Maybe this is Breer. New, new Amazon employee. My bo- Who's that? Well, you see Sherman's talking to Amazon. He's talking. Well, yeah, that's every report right now. So everybody's talking. Well, at 375, his rate just went up. Uh, let's t- let's actually go with Sherman. I played Breer there for a second, but let- let's go Richard Sherman from his uh, podcast, the Richard Sherman podcast. You know, and let me rephrase the question was about, will Jimmy Garoppolo be around? Uh, I think he's going to be on the team during training camp. I think he'll be more of a safety valve, and it's a really expensive safety valve, but safety all the time, all the same. I think they're going to give Trey Lance an uh, opportunity to start in ball games. I think they want to see it. Um, I don't think he'll play a ton in the preseason, so they'll keep a ton of backup quarterbacks to play in the preseason, but I don't, I don't know if either of them play on preseason. It's not worth the injury risk to Jimmy G., um, with his cap number, and it's not worth the injury risk to the guy who you want to start. Um, but they also need need him to get reps. They need Trey Lance to get live reps. Uh, if the schedule is that the rumored schedule that came out of them playing Carolina, then Atlanta first first two games. All these are all these getting cut off. What the fuck's going on? Uh, but if he, what he said was if they, if they're really playing Carolina, Atlanta the first two games, and those are two games for him, two good games for him to play in. 
Those are road games too, so it'd be a little East Coast. Two games in a season is accurate. See, now it's playing again. Uh, yes, those were the now again. Are these are the pre-release rumors usually accurate? No, I mean I I saw yesterday when we were doing our live stream. Like, you guys got any takes about the rumors out there about their opening schedule? Yeah. And I, I think if you look at the last several years, they have not opened at home. They've well, they opened. the Cardinals two years ago, I looked because you're right. Somebody said, hey, it gets too hot. They start on the road. The Cardinals game a couple years ago was a home game. The Super Bowl year, though, remember, was Jameis. They started on the road. They And then last year was, yeah, they've done, it's been a lot it's of road Philly, games. Philly, Detroit, and, and the, the three-hour road trip, right? Not well, like, so two of the last three years, they've done three-hour road trip. Last year was what? Uh Detroit and Philly back to back. Yeah. So this year the rumor would be pretty similar in a Carolina Atlanta back to back, which you and I had hammered home Seattle at home. I, I don't know if you could be that mad at Carolina Atlanta opening. Right? You wouldn't be that mad. You don't love the time zone part of it, but you wouldn't you go be that out mad. early. I mean, I if that if that part's true, get out the road trip early too. Just get it out. I checked today. I went to the internet and I said, I just typed Levi Stadium concerts. October 9th, Elton John's in town. That is the Sunday of week five. So would they start three of their first five games on the road? Would they play Thursday night football at home week five? Would they play Monday night football at home week five? You'd have to do something with them. Two road games, then week three and week four, presumably then they'd be back home if they're not back home week five, which is when they have Elton John. I don't know if you saw the Sam Farmer article, but he actually he talked to the schedule makers. Same article every year. It's always a good article. I always enjoy it. And they're like, yeah, teams say, oh, you know, uh, Taylor Swift is coming in. Can you move a game for us? But a lot of people have that type of deal. But October so, 9th. So, they, so, it, so what if the league says, no, we can't? Do you have to tell Taylor Swift she has to move her game? Yeah, I guess or? you do. I don't know. Depends what the cancellation fee is. Uh, maybe do both on the same day. Uh, but Philadelphia free. That's right. I would see Elton John probably. I, I don't know if I'd pay for the tickets, but if someone gave it to me, I would be interested. Not on a football Sunday, but maybe on, Not the on a football Sunday. Yeah, before. I'd say Friday night I would go. Friday sure. night. Um, but anyway, just another part of the schedule, something to keep in mind. Keep in mind, they've got they've got a Elton. I like that Richard. He's kind of like Draymond. I mean, he's locked into the rumors of yeah. the opening schedule. It's they're very similar, Richard and Draymond. I think they're both they're made for this. So uh, a podcast game. I I. I uh, I think he listen. He knows like this guy negotiated his own contract with Parag, Kyle, and and John. Right? Remember last year when that thing happened with Richard and the father-in-law? Like John had his back, and part of it's Stanford family. And I, but I think their relationship is pretty unique. I I, I would put it like the Joe Staley. I mean, Richard honestly probably vibes more with them than he does like a twenty-two-year-old teammate. Even though he does vibe with a twenty-two-year-old teammate like Staley. Like, if you told, like, who did Joe hang out with last 4th of July? Kyle fucking Shanahan and his friends, you know? Richard is on those guys' level. So I, the difference between Chris Sims, the irony, too, is, like, Chris and Kyle share a tattoo, you know? I didn't realize that picture that you put out or retweeted or reposted on Instagram of Kyle, and I guess the Niners posted it, right, of the 80. I didn't realize that Kyle was, like, getting on the field for them in, like, real games. Like, he kind of... If I was him, I'd like that would be my Twitter profile. I thought I would have that photo <laughs> up in my office. It was a really good photo. Yeah, it was a good photo. But I don't think Richard's just. I'm not saying he's not taking it. He's taking an educated guess. I think he's got a pretty good idea. He still. I mean, I remember texting with him about Emmanuel Mosley or D- DMing with him. Like he, I think he's got a pretty good vibe of the 
thing and just what people think. So this might not like Kyle or John told him this, but I bet he's kind of got to feel like, you know, I think the coaches, because how would you talk when you work for the way players talk about their coaches is the way us normal people talk about like our bosses, you know, he doesn't, I don't think he really likes me or, you know, I think he likes me. It's no different. Like, you know, the coach is kind of more into this guy. Part of it might be like, to your point, he knows John Lynch very well. So he may be, when everyone else is guessing, is John Lynch just bluffing for leverage or does John Lynch really mean we're not going to just give Jimmy away? Richard Sherman might hear that and go, oh, I know John Lynch is serious because I know John Lynch, right? It could be, that could be part of it. It's like, yeah, John Lynch is going to keep him on the team. And I know Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan doesn't want to just get rid of a quarterback that he knows, knows he can win with. Wouldn't you say too, it might be very simple in Richard's mind. Like they got a quarterback, they... Other people aren't going to just trade for him, and they know they can win with him. Why wouldn't they keep him around? Wouldn't you say an underrated part about the way we talk about Richard's relationship with the Niners? His stint feels shorter than it actually was. Like he was here three years. That's not. That's not a season, right? You're with three years with someone. You get pretty tight with the the operation and the organization. Yeah, Plus feels he like rehab. Doesn't it feel like it was shorter than it actually was? Partly because he was injured. Remember, we showed up. Twice. He was hurt. Remember, or I guess he wasn't participating and he was acting much more like a coach than a player. And then he was injured at the end. So at that first, it feels like he really just played the one season. Seems like he has a better relationship with the Niners than he does with the Seahawks. Yes. What feels like, well, you know, I was going to put Earl in the crew, but you see like Earl's on the run. Yeah, I did see that. It's kind of sad, but it's, it's now ended, you know, pretty poorly for two guys that immediately had top teams interested in them. Right. Like I think who Richards just all pro Niners and then the Bucks side of Bobby Wagner free agent who wants them Ravens Niners Rams like <laughs> it's like their their players aren't like who wants this guy oh the the Texans just signed Rex Burkhead you know it's need like, a no. body <laughs> yeah so that ain't the thing it's just he had to sign with the Lions you know yep so Pete I got Pete a little red flagged on just the way. And I'm bad at breakups too. I'm bad at endings and saying goodbye. But Pete's really terrible at it with like his star players, which is a little in weird, isn't it? My experience, you're actually not that different from Pete in your goodbyes. You just disappear. The Irish goodbye. I've- yeah, but it's to me, I, I'm a big believer. Like you're out just having some cocktails or whatever. It's a little different than like if you do. If I if you're at a party, to, yeah, yeah. If my you're at a mom, right, right, right. You've never left a one-on-one. I've never been sitting there with you, and then you were gone. But like, I've been to a party or two where Middlecoff's just gone. Like, where Middlecoff yeah. go? Went home. Fine move. Found somebody. Um, day drinker, not a night drinker. Yeah, I understand. I understand. I understand. I uh, if you want to hear it on Richard Sherman's podcast, you can go check it out. He talks a little more about the Niners there. He hosted by himself. Uh, he's got uh, his he friend of the guy. show who like who chimes in and you know bounces some questions off him and and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I forget the guy's name. Got a really good voice. Do you um, agree but, that like him and Draymond are very, very similar in just terms of like their avenue in their sport and just how they're unique personalities, but also just their name recognition and they bring an element of credibility, but they're also, they're not cookie cutters. Like Richard's going to yes. say what he believes. Draymond's just going to say what he believes, but they're actually, I, I would say both. Richard is probably less controversial then I think people assume like when he like he just talks pretty normal. I think Draymond kind of picks his spots and right. does it. Where Richard really is just talking much closely. Like if you just he just breaks things down like a GM would or something. Yeah, I think what's Mitch Eisenstein is the guy. Um, but I think um, what's similar about them is you the the sports world came to really know them from like 
the way they people. act on the field, right? Like yeah. quarter uh, outburst. And then when you hear them talk, you go, oh, this is a really well-rounded person with, you know, a lot of insight. And um, uh, I think they're very similar in that way, in that you you they they like introduce themselves to the world in one particular way. Right. Richards was on the biggest stage was the the, the biggest moment was the interview he did with Aaron. Right. Yeah. Aaron Andrews, as he just made the biggest play of the game, as he but. just made the biggest play of the game. Um, uh, and. Uh, but they can they talk at this level like they talk like this mostly right they just kind of talk well, like this. Do you know another thing that parallels the two of them? Both of them, their college coaches would like take a bullet for is Owen David. I mean they are I, I would say the David well, Tom Tom yeah, is his, his position coach. His head coach was Jim Harbaugh, and but I don't didn't. Think but David coached him for a year, didn't he? Or did no? he get him for one year? You're right. I guess David feels like the head coach, but he David, his receiver coach, his receiver coach. <laughs> it, but I consider David. Did he know, coach him for one year? Maybe well, Richard didn't play with luck. Did he? Well, Jim was drafting, right? And he didn't draft him, but he, but Jim I'm saying gone in January. Rich, did Richard play with luck? Cause luck was Jim's last year was with Andrew at the orange bowl. Right. I think, I think Richard, Richard I think Richard played that. one year with David Shaw because I think Richard's rookie season was 2012. No, you're right. So his he was drafted in 2011. What was Harbaugh's first year with Alex Smith? 2011, right? He was there 11, 12, 13, and 14. So yeah, he never would have played for David Shaw. But still, point still stands. David Shaw, yes, and Tom yeah, yeah. Izzo. 100%. If you said, how do you consider Richard Sherman and Draymond Green individually for both guys? They would consider them a family before a former player, right? Yeah. Because they love the person. Right. Because they're, but, they are winners. That's the other thing. They're winners. Yeah, and just clearly when you hear him talk. Competitors. Now, Draymond, Richard does, I think, but he, I've never heard him say this on the podcast. Like, Draymond's thing today, his main take was like, I can be getting cooked all that game. Like, Jaron Jackson can be giving me the business. He can be scoring. He can have a great game. It is disrespectful to have the final play of the game go against me. <laughs> that is dis Like, that to me is like Richard Sherman, Seattle. Like, he would like, I don't feel like Richard talks like that anymore. Now, Richard's career, like Richard might be done. Draymond's still, I don't know, quote unquote, the prime, but he's still, I mean. He started a podcast while he's closer to his prime than he is to being washed up. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Draymond, Richard's, the story I saw yesterday was like, if Richard goes to Amazon, he won't necessarily retire. He'll keep his options open, but he'll focus on media stuff. We'll stay in shape. Yeah, that was part (laughs) of the story. He'll stay in shape. All right, let's get to uh, Breer. Here's what Albert Breer said. Breer was making a comment to Rich Eisen. This is from Rich Eisen's show. And he said something like about Debo along the lines of, you know, Debo and presumably Trey Lance. And Eisen stopped him and said, what do you mean presumably? Why is everybody talking about Trey Lance that way? Instead of just saying Trey Lance is the quarterback. This is what Albert Breer said. My belief is that they feel confident they can put Trey Lance out there and, and he can start. Can he run my, can he run Kyle Shanahan's offense? The full breadth of Kyle Shanahan's offense. That's the question. And then it's how much, if he can't run the whole thing, how much do they have to adjust? And remember, like Kyle went through that with, you know, Robert Griffin III all those years ago um, in Washington when they basically imported the Baylor offense and, uh-huh. and he won rookie of the year. So it's not like Kyle can't do that, you know? Um, you know, so I think that there's going to be that kind of push and pull and, building an offense and that's why i think that it's important to kind of gain clarity through the spring because 
you might be building an offense that looks a little bit different to make it work for Trey Lance so he can grow through it um, and grow through you know the process that every young quarterback goes through so eventually they can get back to running that sort of offense. So I think that's sort of where they are right now. And, um, you know, I think the bumps they went through last year really informed them, too. Like, they – I could tell you, like, when they got back from um, their summer break, like, they were blown away by the progress that Trey Lance had made. Um, and those first 10 days of training camp, like, there was some real thought, do we open this up and turn it into a real competition? Now, he wound up leveling off, and then he had some issues – um, you know, in the first time he played, I think that was the end of September, beginning of October. Um, and then, like, towards the end of the year, he started to ascend again. And he played relatively well when he got a start there at the end of the year. So there were a lot of ups and downs last year. And I think that, you know, part of this is sort of figuring out how much they're going to have to adjust what they do offensively um, to make it work for Trey Lance in playing in 2022. And then, of course, what that will wind up meaning. For Ayuk and Debo is how we finished that that statement. So, how about uh, the tan uh, Albert has in that picture? Looks fantastic. Like how about when he, Florida? How, how about when he almost said Mike Shanahan's offense? Yeah, well, I mean it is right. It is Mike. Yeah, it came from Mike Shanahan. Um, I thought he actually said a, a lot of interesting stuff there. I, I think on a big picture thought, when a young person goes through. Ups and downs is, I think, the, the his verbiage, he put it. Most of us, when we start our professional career at 21, 22, 23 years old, some of us fifth-year seniors, you know, some of us go, yeah, you were Fresno State four years ago in the workforce. You know, Trey Lance, they're like a year and a half, basically. Most of us go into jobs and start at the lowest rung. And the, the pressure, you're not making any money. I mean, there's pressure on you. You feel internal pressure. But I can't imagine there are many scenarios for guys in their early 20s that are higher pressure just for any 20. I don't care how immature or mature you are, but that you just feel daily than a pro athlete that's drafted really high. Because even the pressure of like a great artist, like you got to show like it might be like, God, I've done I've never done 10 concerts in 12 days. This is intense. Like you, or I just came out with a great album, but now I have to make another one. Exactly. You got some time though. Like you have, you get to tour for a while. Now that tour might be intense, but can you imagine just the daily, like, God, we got another game. God, we got another game. God, we got another practice. God, Kyle's in my ass again. God, we've got a new wrinkle. God, this guy wants to talk to me. God, this camera's here. It is. I, I, I think we can be, and I'm guilty as anybody, I think too hard. And part of it is just the pressure. That's just the nature that comes along with getting drafted. It's very, very difficult. And I do think he got lucky in the sense of like, if I was going to defend like Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, or just like they were, they had no choice. They had to like sink swim. And most of them were on the shittiest of shitty teams. Like Trey ultimately got to kind of learn ups and downs while not really playing. Right. Yeah. I mean, look at Mac Jones. Like I, Mac got worse as the season went on. You know, it's just, it's very, very difficult. It's why so many guys like get a lot better as they be, they become, they're able to sustain success, older players, no different than the older you get at whatever job you have, you should get better because you get, everything's easier. Your understanding of everything, you become more efficient in the things that you might not have been. And you're able to improve on whatever your weakness was on certain things. So I, I think sometimes that we make a really big deal of like, 
a young player had struggles and it, it becomes a big deal when a guy's a high pick. It just becomes talked about, right? It's why you honestly never want to like if it turns out like Zach Wilson, like the offense was over his head the first couple, you would never want that to get out because then that would be a huge story. Then he'd really be swimming. Like you do try to protect your young assets, right? Because you're paying them a ton of money. You've invested the farm in these guys. And and sometimes like Solomon Thomas. He failed not because he couldn't handle that. He was mature. He's really impressive guy. I mean, everything he's been just turned out. He just wasn't good enough. Right. And that, that happens sometimes, but you know, wasn't good enough to justify his draft position, but was good enough to play in the NFL. And is going to have probably a 10 year plus career. Yeah. Where you're drafted changes the amount of support you get and the amount of pressure you get. Tried to tell him how many times have you heard somebody say that about somebody else? Tried to tell him. Right. It's a go-to coach scout thing to say. Well, it's it's a go-to parent thing to say. I tried to tell you, but sometimes you got to, there are just things that you will not be able to grasp until you experience it. There are things you won't see on a football field until you experience it in, in real speed with the pressure of somebody hitting you. But when I hear Albert Breer there, I think, I don't know, he's not, he's not making this argument, but I think what he said is an argument for why you really do have to go all in with Trey Lance even if Jimmy Garoppolo is still on your roster and he's healthy and he can be there at camp. And the reason you, one of the reasons you have to go all in on Trey is because the, there are differences to your team when Trey Lance is your quarterback from when Jimmy Garoppolo is your quarterback, they have different skills and they're not at the same place in terms of the understanding of the offense. There's it's, it would be impossible for Trey Lance to have the same grasp of Kyle Shanahan's offense that Jimmy Garoppolo has. Jimmy Garoppolo has played, how many snaps in this offense, multiple games and big games and pressure games and different types of games, games where we rely on our defense games, where we have to throw the ball more games where we're on the road. And now we're using a silent count. He'd been the starting quarterback in a Super Bowl. So yeah, the idea that like he doesn't know all the offense that Jimmy knows yet, of course not. And you know, unless you want to wait three years for him to conceptually get it all, even then you still haven't actually put it into execution in real practice, when I say practice, I mean like actually doing it, not practice. Yeah. I mean games. I know, I know what you mean. You still haven't done that yet. So I think there really is an argument to be made here that you can't go in with one toe on Trey Lance this year. You can't go in with a safety net being Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's go in 80% with Trey, but Jimmy's always back there because you have potentially a new center, potentially a new right guard, potentially a backup running back that's a rookie. In Ty Davis Price. Guy, did you know that he played as a true freshman for the LSU team and had like seven touch? I think it was six or eight touchdowns. Like he wow. he he was the backup running back on that team as a true freshman on one of the greatest offenses ever. I love that stat. That's which, a great stat. Which, I just so he, he was like Clyde's third stringer or backup. He wasn't Clyde's backup. I, I don't I don't know if he was the true backup, but he I mean he was productive. He played for them that season. Yeah. As a and, 18 year old kid. So if 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 you have Jimmy Garoppolo, some safety net, that means that Ty Davis price got to learn something different because you're not your team. Your offense is not the same with Jimmy Garoppolo. No. Right. And it's really, it's your not offense the, is just the same as what it's been, right? Your, your offense is the same as what it's been. And Debo Samuel knows that offense, but Debo Samuel doesn't have all the Trey Lance stuff down necessarily. How could he? Trey Lance was the backup quarterback last year. They played a little together. Well, at least he'll be around the next but, month to learn it all. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is he's going to Trey's going to have to catch up to him pretty quick. So, 
uh, you can't go in with one toe here on Trey Lance because part of what Breer's saying is there are adjustments that Kyle is going to have to make to Trey Lance to get Trey Lance ready to play the NFL season. And like the clip we played from Richard Sherman, you're in this weird spot of Trey Lance needs reps, but you can't you can't get him hurt in the preseason, right? So uh, it's every rep is so precious right now because it's it's a different team. Yeah, it's a different. It's a for Brandon Ayuk. It is different for him when when Trey Lance is QB one, and everybody's got to adjust for the offensive line. Even the guys that have been there, it's different to block for Trey Lance than it is to block for Jimmy Garoppolo. This gets so back you to gotta, what I was You saying. only got so much time here. They're pretty lucky that Jimmy's just not even around. They don't even have to mess with it, and they would have had to make a concrete decision. We're either going to roll with the potential of him being around, or we're just going to pivot. Where they get it, they get like, you know, basically instead of three strikes, they get like ten because they get the whole they get the whole OTAs to work with Trey. The problem is, is what I think Albert alluded to is like. You know, and I had heard this last year. Maybe we had talked about it, but people had said, you know, I, I would assume that Kyle's going to revolutionize. And that might be the wrong word, but just just change the offense toward Trey in the offseason, right? That was the that was the mindset of when they drafted him. Not that first year when Jimmy was going to be around, but the following year. Well, he's going to have a bunch of new wrinkles, which I'm sure they're going to be learning during OTAs. Well, what if Trey fails and he doesn't like that? And then they got to go back. It'll be a wasted OTAs offensively, right? Or just you would have wasted several reps on random plays that you would not run if Jimmy survives. Right. I don't think Jimmy's going to survive. I do think Trey. I mean, I, I think they're greasing the skids with Kittle being around them. They're trying to do everything humanly possible to make him the most comfortable, to let him shine. But eventually, and this gets coaches get a lot of credit, I, I, a lot falls on you. Like the reason Draymond Green and Richard Sherman and these guys improve so much as later round picks is because they fucking wanted it and they would do whatever it took to improve. And obviously they had innate instincts and toughness, but like, can you imagine the effort that those guys put in early on in their career? Once they got a little taste, like, I think I can do something and it's on you to improve. There are only so many guys that are like Trent Williams, Nick Bosa, that are just dropped in the league and dominate immediately. <laughs> Most guys are like Debo. Like, I think we got something, and then Debo just keeps working, keep working, and then it just keeps working, right? And obviously this year, like, Debo and Kyle both get a lot of credit. They Debo deserves a lot of credit. Came in ready to roll, handled the opportunity, and dominated, right? George Kittle just kept improving, kept improving, became a star. Fred Warner this year was going weird after he got paid. But by the end, he just locked in and started kicking everyone's ass. Like in the playoffs, it was like, God, 54 is here to crack skulls. So it's on you as a player. And it's hard, right? I mean, it's there's going to be, you know, it's a, I, there aren't going to be that many people watching. So it's probably less than game situations, right? It's just some media on the side. But like your teammates are watching and, and the most important guy's watching. And that's the guy with the microphone standing right behind you, right? Yeah. Or the walkie-talkie. The pressure alone, just Kyle looking at everything you do. <laughs> It's just, it's going to be pretty intense for him specifically. No different than like, can you imagine being like a seventh round pick showing up to like when OTA start? You're like, God damn, I got a lot on the line here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not having a safety net. And last year he had a safety net. He was the backup quarterback. So it didn't, if you, and everybody said, yeah, it's okay. You don't have to be ready yet. Right. Time to, time to burn the boats, right? Time to burn the boats. AKA cut Jimmy. Uh, not quite that time yet. Oh, yeah. Don't need yet. to. 
by the way, I just saw this. I wanted to show you this. So I just, uh, uh, the athletic just tweeted Tom Brady is set to become the highest paid sports broadcaster at $37.5 million. I have a graphic I want to show you here. That's not it. Here we go. So there you see, you can tell Tom Brady there is number one at 37.5. Who would you guess? This stunned me just now. Who would you guess is number two at $30 million? Have you seen this yet? Do you know? Well, all I can see, you have it up. Yeah. I can just see CBS Sports. Right. Well, it's not Tony Romo, because I think we see him at 18, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just think about CBS's properties. Okay. They got golf. I guess, could it be Nance? They pay him for golf and football. I would say unlikely. Uh, not Nick Faldo. They have college football. Right. They're Gary Danielson's their guy. That feels unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't like, I don't know what else they have besides like those. What to me, when you think CBS, what do you think? Uh college basketball, but that's not a huge part of what they do. Brad Nestler's not making that much money. No. What what are I mean, CBS's thing? NFL, college football, they have a lot of golf. Mm-hmm. So to me, the only golf guy would be Jim Nance. I don't know. It's not Romo, so because then it's Romo, Michael Strahan, Stephen A. You're, you're close with Romo. But not in the way you think you are. You ready for this? Uh, Les Moonves? I, I mean, is it an executive? That's a good one. Jim Rome makes $30 million a year. God bless Jim Rome. That blows my mind. Well, I think part of it, guy, is that he owns like the brand. So I, I think you know Tom's an employee, Tony's an employee. I think it's like a partnership. Mm-hmm. I think that's how CBS acquired him. You know, it's like when Fox got Colin; he's a partner in the in the in all the juice. You know, I think that's Jim's point of difference. He's a he's been a partner. Jim Rome, Jason Stewart. Do you remember that name? He used Jason to do. Hell yeah, yeah I do. He, he's a producer. He used to produce Jim I'm Rome. I'm pro Jim Rome for the record. Here. Yeah, he's he's Gottlieb's producer now. And I remember talking to him a couple years ago about Rome. And like Rome was so ahead of his time the way he like everyone like I bet Richard owns revenue in his podcast. But no one in radio ever had that type power. But Jim mm. was so unique that he did stuff like that. And he was so big in sports radio, especially on the West Coast that I don't think he's always had those deals. So I don't think it's as much like CBS. Just I just think he owns revenue. That's my like educated guess of the way I've always thought about him. Because there's no way he's generating at this point in time, right? I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. Jim Rome was, been Jim Rome was owning, owning horses, I remember, like 15 yeah, years ago. I know. Somebody said here, where's the guy that did the derby? So, you know, that guy is just Steve, Steve-O. That guy is just the the track announcer. They just right? give him the mic when it goes. Yeah, and obviously he's I forget his name, but he's obviously fantastic. I mean, the Derby to me, the Derby might be the heart, the coolest thing, like the hardest thing. You know, like you have to know each horse's name, and you got to like, you can't be looking down at your notes. Would you, you say this is not updated horse. because because uh, Aikman would be up there right now, right? Like nineteen. Uh, is that what Aikman? Yeah, Aikman's making more than Stephen A. But this I'm is not, from 
Is is Mike Strahan? Is that a is that accounting for uh, Good Morning Football too? See, that's it's got it has to. I, I, to me, I even um, not Good Morning Football, Good Morning America. Even though yeah. that's not a Fox Sports <laughs> entity, he's got to be making. That's got to be seventeen million dollars that he makes, not his salary from Fox, right? What would you imagine that just like on average, like Jimmy Johnson, Terry, like, are those guys making seven figures? I mean, they're beloved in that building. You know, they've been on. Yeah, I think so. Five million each or something. That shows I, like I their stalwart original. Yeah, I would have guessed like uh, three and a half, but maybe it's five. I mean, you get you just do it long enough, you're getting raises, you know. I mean, would they start at five hundred? Yeah, they didn't. Start, yeah, they didn't start it. Well, maybe did they start post Madden? I think like yes. like 95, was, 90, 94, 95. Madden was making how much was that first contract? They or? started with Madden because remember they yeah, bought yeah. Madden and they were the pre and post game show. Yeah. Now Madden, they had to steal Madden from somewhere else, but still, I think. They had to steal Terry. But so my point is like, let's just say they're all at like seven, eight, nine hundred thousand dollars in ninety-four. Well, it's thirty years later. Right. Yeah. Do the do inflation in the math. Yep. I would imagine people have tried to steal Howie and Jimmy over the years. Like in right? Wouldn't you? Yeah. Have a take, do not suck. Welcome to the jungle. You remember the smack off? I, do I remember the smack off? Where you would just call in and talk shit about other callers. It'd be a whole just, tournament. It was. I remember AJ would like smack offs on. AJ Riding, our buddy AJ. Yeah, because there was a guy. It's how you found out about cities like Wichita, like Jim from Wichita. You know, Rome is a, a trailblazer and a revolutionary. Yeah, he's. Deserves every penny. Nothing but respect for uh, Romy's career. Absolutely, Romy. Uh, Carl asked, thank you, Carl. How much? How much better do you think Nick Bosa can get? Well, I mean, Nick Bosa, generally we say you you peak at 26, and he's 20, he'll turn 25 in October. So I, I think get better, you know? I mean, if can just, you be if he just the, sustains around what he's at for like three, four years, they're in pretty good shape. If you just sustain being one of the best for – if you sustain being one of the best, then that in and of itself is a new level of greatness. Like being great for five years or six years yeah. is a new level of greatness, right? It's not like Tom Brady's any one of his individual seasons. He was the, you know, you wouldn't take any of Tom's individual seasons and go, no one can touch that guy in the history of the sport, but it's the collection of his greatness. Yeah. You know, your yeah, favorite I mean song can be a one hit wonder, but that, that band's not as great as a band that put together 10 no. top, hundred songs. Why well, I think we all acknowledge whether you like him, you hate him, however you feel about him individually. When you watch Aaron Rodgers when he's on, you're like, I don't know if I've ever quite seen anything like this. But for whatever reason, his career is going to end. He's going to have one Super Bowl, <laughs> one. Like just in the in an individual vacuum, like he can do things that Tom Brady cannot do, and everything Tom can do in terms of just a play, like there is not a play that Tom can run that Aaron can't. Right. Like every throw Aaron can make that Tom can make, but then Aaron can do things on the move that Tom can't do. Yet when their careers ends, they're not even in the same universe, even though they're both Hall of Famers, right? Like Aaron's not even in the two Super Bowl club. He's not even like, you know, Terry Bradshaw's and and Elways and some of um, who are else Aikman's. Like there are guys that are just multiple Super Bowls. It's like Aaron just had the one. Hell, Peyton, Eli. It's pretty crazy that Aaron's career more than likely is going to end with one Super Bowl. Yeah. He, he, to me, will be the best player I've ever seen that didn't accomplish more in any sport. 
Like well, the only thing he didn't accomplish was when you say accomplish, like he's won the MVPs to back up. It's not like he wasted his talents. He just no, didn't no, win no. Them. But I'm just saying, like the eye test, the accomplishments individually, how good he was in big games, and his teams were good. They and just, his teams were awesome, yeah. like well run organization. Like it wasn't like well, you had that five year run where he ran. They were run by idiots. You know, it's like, and it's just going to end with one Super Bowl. It's why it was so. It felt hell. Even Peyton, well, you'd be like, well, he didn't. You know, he didn't have to do as much. He went to four, right? He went to four. Aaron's only going to go to one. Peyton went to four. Kind of nuts. Now, it's not if Tom Brady taught us anything. Like, you can have a hell of a run from like 38 to 43. It ain't over till it's over. <laughs> and for Tom, shit, he's got like another job lined up. So you just, you never know. Yeah. Does Aaron got a podcast in him, you think, when he retires? I mean, just he just goes on with McAfee as long as he wants. He wants to go three. If he wants to go twenty minutes today, if he wants to go an hour today, just keep doing that. You know. Yeah, that way when you're not feeling it, you don't have to do it. I think it's a lot easier to get asked the questions. You know Great what I mean? Content. Yeah. You know, sure. it's like, oh yeah, Pat. Let's you know, you get to kind of be, just be you. You don't have to think about yeah. it ahead of time like i tell draymond like it's this doesn't get any easy like the content it is he is the content <laughs> but his team's playing right that's true that's true but he could just analyze yeah 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 i mean he's got takes on bucks celtics it's like draymond you were warming up of course he does <laughs> yeah <laughs> just you know it's it's like um you don't have to when you're really an expert in something you only have to consume a sliver of it to know what's going on you know he knows. So they probably got it up on the video board when he's shooting. Right. Yeah. It's in, it's in the locker room. Somebody told him what happened, that type of thing, you know? Uh, all right. Don't forget to get in the mailbag. I got some, uh, boy, I got some, I mentioned yesterday, Kawakami suggested our show be called the scout team. Where did I get some DMS here from somebody else? Uh, have you seen the uh, direct TV commercial with Poppy? With David Ortiz, Ken Griffey Jr., Randy Johnson, Alex Rodriguez. Uh, if you I, like I have, but I don't think I have. You, you have, but you just haven't noticed. They're dressed up in like Ghostbuster uniform. Are, are they at the Coliseum? That's what somebody said to me. It looked, yes, it looked like the Coliseum. Why would they all come to the Coliseum? Cheap I don't to know. shoot it there? Easy to get in and shoot it there? It Weird. Looked, yeah, it looked, I watched the commercial and it, I said, this is the Coliseum. Uh, I think it is the Coliseum, actually, looking at the photo. Because the angle of the dugout, to me, makes it look like the Coliseum. But the reason you don't remember if you've seen it is because it's terrible. It is. It has to be one of the most expensive, terrible commercials with no creativity. That you'll Just keep an eye out for it on TV. You'll watch it and go, if I told you you got Randy Johnson, Ken Griffey Jr., Big Poppy, and A-Rod in Ghostbusters outfits, you'd go, that's probably something funny here. It is as not funny as you. it is so such a waste of money and time of all these people i can't believe it did you see the video that went viral i think this might have been last year poppy put tito's in frank thomas's water bottle and he no. took a drink and he went like you know he thought it was water and he didn't take a huge swig but then poppy just like fell out of his chair laughing pretty funny i did not that's pretty good never sleep on tito's Never sleep on Tito's. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging. Anything else we got to add? That's all I got. Just glad to see Brady getting more money and, you know, going to be able to feed his family.
and uh, Draymond and and Richard just keep podcasting. Did you see a big uh, uh, PFT commenter tweeted that red flag? Uh, who's the Sam Howell says he's never eaten a steak. I'd say that's a red flag as a quarterback for sure. Is that true? But Al Sam Michaels Howell. claims he's never had a vegetable. Do I believe a carrot has never made its way into Al Michaels' digestive tract? No, I don't. I do know people though that avoid vegetables at all costs. Like I don't know, eat, do not eat salads and stuff. But yeah. you're right. Like how you've never eaten a burrito with like some veggies mixed in. Like give me a break. Especially Al, like for the way he's traveled, like the last. 15 years, a little, probably a little different, like the eighties and the nineties when you just had to like pick up some food. Like you didn't, how many options were there in like 83 when Al was somewhere for calling for a baseball game? Like you had to eat what you had to eat. There wasn't like, there was no DoorDash. What's he eating? My buddy Nick told me it cost him 17 bucks at Burger King the other day. Jesus. what do he get? Well, he got an impossible burger. He got a meal with an impossible burger plus a side. So I said maybe the Impossible Burger costs like eight dollars or something. I, I think know. In-N-Out's the cheapest going. In-N-Out is can't can't be beat. Uh, I'm Senior Supremo says I'm new here and I had you guys backwards because the first name's on the right, and I noticed that yesterday that Haberman and Milkoff on the YouTube, but we're actually reversed on the video. We keep it that way because it you know it exercises your brain. Yeah, we do. Okay, all clear. I got to fix some accounting things that we just got an email on. Okay. We'll go attend uh, to business. Bye Later, everybody. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.